0: In this episode today, I interview Fereshteh Farreau, who made the first coding school for girls in Afghanistan called Code to Inspire. Fereshteh says that when she puts things in perspective, she feels grounded and grateful, and that gives her clarity. It gives her power when she accepts her emotions and she doesn't try to push them away. Listen on for the rest of her story. Okay, cool, so I am here with one of our guests for the Entire Life Summit, and this lady, I have actually interviewed her before, back in the day when I used to do a whole bunch of Bitcoin videos, and I really liked what she was up to in the world, I thought that it was valuable and important. And as we know on this entire Life Summit, what we've been doing is we've been interviewing entrepreneurs who have created their lives. They have decided that the world was the way that it was, and they were going to do something to change it, right? And so today we're here with Fereshteh Fero. And so Fereshteh, why don't you tell us kind of like where you started, right? And how you got to where you are today, just so that we have a context and an understanding, you know, introduce yourself.
1: Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me. I think certainly the real motivation or the inspiration that made me to create Code to Inspire as the first coding school for girls in Afghanistan was really just my personal life story. I think the first was definitely being born as a refugee. The challenges that I faced, especially discriminations and being deprived accessing education was always with me. And I always thought that Education is the basic human rights, and everyone should access it without any discrimination. And I carried that feeling in my entire life with myself and thinking about how I can help other people who were underprivileged like me and discriminated like me to access education easily. And the next, definitely being a woman in Afghanistan. Being a woman in Afghanistan in technology, pushing for gender equality, and women empowerment was something that i really wanted to be advocate for and for that reason i faced a lot of resentments and pushback from the community but i really wanted to help all the women and these two factors really made me to be who i am today be an advocate for gender equality bridging the digital gap and divides and helping women to Um, to access technology with equal resources and be independent and create money and be financially independent in the future.
0: That's awesome. And I just, I heard the the siren go by and yes. you're, you're coming to us from New York today, aren't you? And you're. Yes. You're yes. I'm place. based
1: in Brooklyn. Yes. It's, it's just like, so usual, like for sure you will have <laughs> and the sirens.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Good. Good. Okay. Well, thank you for that, you know, kind of lead up into it. And so you say that you were a refugee. Why don't you tell a little bit about your story of kind of like where you started and then then where
1: you, when you started your business? Sure. Well, as a refugee, my parents left Afghanistan early 80s because of the Soviet invasion. So like everybody else um, who was looking for a safe haven for their children, they left Afghanistan, and Iran was close to the city that they were living in, in Herat, which is a city in west of Afghanistan. So they settled down then, and like every other refugee, they started their life from zero without nothing, and being a refugee is difficult, because as I mentioned earlier, not only you face discrimination, because people think that, oh, like, you're here to steal opportunities from them. You're a burden on the community rather than thinking maybe you're here to show the indifferences and, you know, open people's minds about like what other parts of the world look like. So kind of like growing up with that mindset of like being afraid to uh, say who you are really and hide your identity was really difficult for me. And uh, majority of my friends, even close friends, they were thinking that I'm Iranian because I was never, felt welcomed in a way to say like who really I am, and then that was a struggle for me. But also financially, as a refugee, there weren't a lot of opportunities as job giving to them. So. I remember that my mom learned to uh, stitch and how to make dresses and by selling them, she could bring money to the family. And she was actually my inspiration also to be an entrepreneur because she taught me that uh, you can do uh, the best out of the list. You shouldn't necessarily have everything ready in hand to make something. You have to just like look around and use the resources around yourself. Absolutely. And, <clears throat> and again, another siren. So. <laughs> living life in Brooklyn. And, and I think that like entrepreneurial spirit of my mom taught me a lot so that I learned throughout my life that I shouldn't wait for opportunities. I have to create them no matter where I am and what resources I have. And that made me to think about, well, now that I'm in the US and there's a lot of opportunities presented to me here, around me, how I can use them to give back to my country. And that was the reason that on early 2015, I created Code to Inspire, incorporated here as a 501c3 registered non-for-profit. And with the first money that we raised and with 20 laptops in-kind donations that time we received from Overstock, I was able to open the first computer coding school for girls in Afghanistan in November 2015.
0: That is just, that is awesome. I I remember that exactly, you know, when you started it and everything. And that's, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to interview you. And so for our viewers, all of our viewers here today are entrepreneurs. What could you say that really keeps you clear on your focus? What, what helps you personally with your clarity? Like, I know there are days kind of like, you're like, Oh God, what am I doing? You know, I, I know I have those days. What helps you to bring clarity back for you? What What could you share with our, our listeners and our watchers today?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a great question because for me, I mean, like I came here 2012 and because of immigration situation, I've, haven't been able to go back to my country. So it's been about seven years. And you can imagine that you haven't seen your parents for seven years and your work that you're doing on ground. You just see the pictures or the videos. So it's very tough emotionally to kind of like overcome and think about when would be possible that I can go back And sometimes I become very upset or angry about, well, like maybe I should just like go back to my country, you know, and be there. But then at the other hand, you see all the um, people who helped me here, the chances that I have here, and I can make even more work being here and give back to my country rather than being there with the resources. But also even as an entrepreneur, I think everyone knows that like you have the idea, you're so passionate about it and it's like your baby and you want to see it growing and You really want to surround yourself with like-minded people who believe in you and who share the same passion, but it's not going to always be like that. At the end of the story, you are the one who's going to go to bed and wake up with, oh my God, what's going to happen? I think like it's a disaster. Like there were a lot of days that I was thinking, well, I should maybe close it. It's too much. I can't handle it with all the stress of, you know, raising money being sure that these 200 girls in Afghanistan, their lives are, you know, like depend on what I'm doing here, the resources I can give them. So it's a lot of responsibility to think about. And it's not about you now, it's about all the people um, that you are trying to help with your idea. So for me, I always try to put things in perspective. Again, I think it's always about being a refugee and seeing that, wow, like, there's a lot of, still a lot of people who want to be like me, who want to be in the situation that I am, just having like a roof at the top of their head, have food and clean water and just very basic things that sometimes we take it for granted and forget it. And I think during this, coronavirus pandemic it's certainly very important for us to now understand how it is important to have like you know a clean house clean water access to healthcare. so like these are the things that i always try to put them in perspective and then uh, it makes me grounded and grateful and i also like read rumi he's a 13th century persian poet and he is my inspiration like if you see my tweets i always have him in my tweets i refer to him And when I read his saying, it always gives me perspective and courage to continue what I'm doing now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I I read a lot of of stuff from his, you know, a, a, a lot of the quotes that I see from him and everything. And I love that. Absolutely. And so it's interesting. What I heard was basically what keeps you clear and really grounds you is being grateful for the position that you're in right okay so yeah i i really appreciated that part and then also what i got there out of that was your care and concern for your girls and that's really cool and a lot of people don't realize that aren't entrepreneurs how much we care about the people that we're serving and our employees. And I, I think that that's really important. And, and a lot of what drives us is our care for our clients and our employees, believe it or not. And a lot of people don't talk about that. So I'm glad that you kind of presenced that that was important. And then, so now let's talk about willpower. Like, on those days when you said that you wanted to quit, you know, what, was there any one thing or is there, what is it that helps you with willpower, right? Like keeping your willpower, you know, how do you deal with that? You know, having the power to, to go through it. So you've got the clarity, right? And and what is it that really gives you the power to keep on going and the follow-through? So let's kind of roll those into one really, because willpower and follow through are kind of two things.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean (laughs) mean, Yes, I I I I think sometimes I really also like try to give all those emotions to be them and Mm -hmm. just like accept them uh, and not try to push them away because I also think that ignoring the emotions and not caring about them maybe over time they become worse and and maybe sometimes even by ignoring them we don't acknowledge them and then it will be a problem in future so if I feel down or I feel a stress out or I feel that oh my god like that's the end of the world and I cannot work anymore I just like it depends, um, but, but but for a few hours, I, I let it be the way it is and, uh, you know, like embrace them and kind of like get to know them and instead of like shutting them down and walking away from them and trying to fast like change the, the, the momentum or the situation. And then once I really like sit down and kind of like create this environment in myself, with myself and like embracing them I try to have a conversation and see like okay like I feel like that and what's the reason what are the, the, the variables here and then I'll think about like well which one I can work in a way that is easier for me to overcome and then I pick that and I'm like well yeah if I like maybe again referring to like uh, take some time to just like close my mind, close my eyes, and like, you know, just like again think about the, the, the things I have in my life that a lot of people don't have and put it in a perspective and put it in a box and look at it from outside. That's actually like helped me a lot. And, uh, and at the end of the story, I also think that like it's not about me. And it's about all these girls in Afghanistan. So I literally cannot give up because they put their hope on me. They put their, you know, like they believe in me. So like uh, for them, for the sake of their hope and um, success, I have to be stronger and I have to uh, continue no matter what. And that's kind of like, and and when I see them every day tweeting about what they've learned in the school, so happy, it just makes me so happy. And I'm like, this is like amazing. And I shouldn't give up because they just like doing so amazing work in Afghanistan. why I should be the one who, be you know, like uh, crying over something that, well, I embrace it, but it should pass on and I keep the willpower.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So what I heard there was basically you don't repress it, but you feel, you kind of feel into it. Right. Absolutely. And so what, I, what I kind of think about for myself when I get in that position is I think of it kind of like as a wave, right? Uh, because out here in California, we surf. Yes. And so there's that time where you feel like you're being pulled back into the water, right? And, and it's that surge right before the wave comes. And if you're prepared, right? So you, you like ease into it and you don't fight it because if you fight it, it's just going to hammer you. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. So you, you like, like ease into it and then you prepare. And that was kind of like what you were talking about. You're, you focus on one thing. So you focus on that one thing that is instead of thinking about oh me, 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 you go outside of yourself, and focus outside, and then that's kind of like when you start to paddle, right, Yeah. and then the wave comes, and then you've got the power to go
1: through, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a very yeah. interesting uh, way of uh, expressing it, Yes. That's, that's the way i feel it it's like i feel it in my
0: body yeah it's kind of it's kind of strange <laughs> yeah so what about follow through do you have any like okay so so think of it this way when i say follow through it's like you have something to do and maybe it's not that important and you how do you what structures do you put in place in your life to help you with following through on things? Right. Can, can you speak to that?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, of course, there's a lot of time that I felt like, I don't want to, I don't know if I should call it lazy or like in a way that like, Oh, are hey, human. Come yeah. On. You're like, Oh, I don't feel, you know, like, I want to follow up on this or like, Oh, maybe later. So like, Definitely, there were times that I was like trying to like create a to-do list and then kind of like put like the most important one urgent and like put colors like for sure red. It's just like oh my god, I have to like do it as soon as possible. And uh, I mean, the one that like doesn't need a lot of time. But but I think like for what I try to do is that I when I start the day, I'm a night owl person. I don't like early mornings so <laughs> uh, so i think i feel more creative at the end of the day yeah. and, and the quietness of the night so like in the mornings i try to really like do the work that has uh, require more like a uh, mind power in a way of like writing for example if i have to write like for proposal grants or Things that like need to like really write clear things and like come up with numbers and strategy and things like that. More like, analytical things. stuff. Exactly. In the is that what you're saying? Exactly. Isn't yes. cute? Isn't that funny? Exactly. So I try to do that because I think that needs more focus in a way of like you get up, your mind is fresh, uh, so you do that, and then when it comes more like to the end of the day, it's more time for creative things that I try to do. And maybe some of those least important work, but also like creativity in case of, well, okay, let's say like what I want to do next year with Code to Inspire. Are there like any interesting ideas for creating apps, games, or like what kind of hackathons we can have for the goal? So it's more kind of like the creativity comes at the end of the day. and 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 I try to cover all of them. And personally, I follow the three days, like follow-ups if someone doesn't get back to you in three days. So I try to be respectful on that also from my own side. So I try to get back to people at least by that time frame. And because I value the time they put in writing that email and getting to me. So I just want to like be respectful for the time as well.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much, for today, And so do you have anything that you want to leave us with? after all of that 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 you can think of that that would be relevant for for all the people watching today
1: yeah well i think in general i first of all appreciate the opportunity you gave me to present the work but also i think from my experience here People in the U.S. especially have this mindset of Afghanistan being still a war zone. It's kind of like a dark image when I talk to people. I understand that they uh, do still things that like the war zone, people are very op- oppressed and women are living a hard life, although I don't uh, deny it. But I think there's a lot of uh, improvements happened since the fall of Taliban that not a lot of people got to uh, know about it so I think like some people are stuck in the time of like when the Taliban left so there's a lot of good stories happening in Afghanistan like one story is the story of our school so I encourage people to learn more about the improvements of the country and learn more about what the women have accomplished throughout this time and hopefully by watching um, this interview they at least has a better understanding of what's going on in Afghanistan and I share a a saying from Rumi that he says where uh, there is ruin there is hope for a treasure and it always resembles with me in real life because I think after the four decades of war and conflict in Afghanistan with all the ruins that has left and all the refugees uh, but if you invest on them especially women and girls Uh, These are the treasures and investing in their education is the key for a peaceful future of Afghanistan and the growth. And so I think...
0: Tell us us more about that key, because I think that Mm -hmm. you you shared with me last time that if women were educated... They wouldn't send their sons into these militant kind of environments. Do Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that's kind of important for people to understand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one people think about like you, when you invest on in the girl's education, it's great because she's gonna, of course, like be educated and there's a better future. But if you really look at it at more grassroots level, there's, there's like a lot it. of things the. Uh, to ties to it it's it's more about starting in a family when the girls get educated and hopefully down the road through that education she can get a job and bring money to the family then now she has a voice in the family and she can be a decision maker and she can take part in the decision making process of the family and that's kind of like very important in a traditional community like afghanistan but also more important because they will be the one who as mothers will be responsible for mainly uh, with, with educating of the next generation. Mm-hmm. And you see that educated mothers are more willing to send their, their, their children to school and invest in their education. And especially, again, like with men in, the culture, in a traditional country like Afghanistan, who people think they would be breadwinners. But if you invest on the girls, they equally participate in the economy of the country. So they wouldn't also be faced uh, violence because now the family see a value in them. And instead of mistreating them, they invest in them because they know that like now she can econ- economically can help the family. So there's a lot of variables that is connected to if you want to invest in the girls' education and how it is important for a country like Afghanistan to really invest, but also technology aspects of it, and bridge that uh, digital gap with them, which we see in the lives of a lot of our girls in the school, how our school has changed their life. Like Some of our girls make $300 per month in a country that average income monthly salary is $150 or $200. So they technically make double than the men. So that's how we want to show them that it's important to invest in the girls' education
0: right and and uh so so we're also making kind of more entrepreneurs too yay
1: absolutely (laughs) yes we have a couple of our graduates that they became entrepreneur they raised some funds and now they have their own startups which we're very proud of them yeah
0: that's just wonderful but what was so uh what i love this that last like a couple of seconds there, that was what inspired me to interview you the first time because that's really important. That's like the, the crux of it is that by educating women, we impact the future families. And that's, that's what's always been so important to me and what, why I find what you're doing so very, very valuable and i totally appreciate you coming on here today and you know sharing what you're doing with everybody
1: you're welcome thank you so much for having me and i'm happy that i could share the story with your amazing platform and hopefully people get some inspirations and change their perspective about afghanistan
0: absolutely and so actually let's let's take two seconds about that because you had mentioned it but you didn't actually say it so when you said, you know, some of the changes that had happened, r- real quick, just give me like a couple of minutes to help me understand so, and help our readers understand some of the changes that have happened that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, during the Taliban regime, there were only less than a million students going to school with mainly the men. And zero Mm -hmm. girls going to school and also zero women going to the workforce. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's Afghanistan that came out of the Taliban. But um, after the uh, fall of Taliban, within this uh, almost like 18 years of um, helping the international community and everyone coming to support Afghanistan, we've done a lot of accomplishments. So right now, for example, there's about 9 million students going to school, which actually 2.5 million of them are girls. So there's a huge improvement in case of seeing the community is actually sending their daughters to school. There's actually, it's very interesting, in some rural areas in Afghanistan, the elderies who are the decision maker of that part said to families that if you don't send your daughter to school, you have to pay a fine. So like we see that there's a lot of improvements and encouragement in case of investing on girls' education. And also in other sectors like in technology, Afghanistan population is about like thirty-five million, and almost ninety percent of areas, uh, residential areas, are accessing to telecommunications. Um, majority of the people uh, do have uh, phones. So mobile industry is a big industry in Afghanistan, and nineteen percent was increased uh, um, since. 2015, saying that the women are joining the workforce. So there's a lot of uh, good numbers, as I said, and also, for example, a big number like 200 million per year, the income and the gross income coming from the technology sector in Afghanistan. So like we see a lot of great improvement, but unfortunately, I think that's, as I said, the numbers that like no one really talks about it, and people don't know about it which I try to each time if I talk to people remind them and tell them that like these are the good numbers.
0: That's awesome. See, that's what I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to hear. And give us your website again so that our listeners and watchers today can go to your website and find out more information about what you're doing.
1: Sure, so the website is code toinspire.org. Um and we do have all the videos and every updates you can see and as an offer for profit we do accept donations. We also accept donations in crypto and Bitcoin and Ethereum. So if anyone's interested and if you want to learn more about our work, feel free to email us. I'm more than happy to talk to you more about what we do and see how your help and support can impact the lives of our girls in Afghanistan.
0: That's wonderful. So see, the, even though all of the other speakers on this uh, entire summit have been entrepreneurs. You can still kind of be an entrepreneur within a nonprofit, and that's why I wanted you on here too. Is is because you you still you're still running the business even though it's a nonprofit, right? And, yes. and you still go through the same things that entrepreneurs go through, but you have a different focus. But yeah. You're, you're also impacting all of these girls who could then go on to be entrepreneurs. So it it's all so relevant and I totally appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. And you know, I hope you have a wonderful day today.
1: And, Thank you so uh, much. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please leave us a review. It really helps others to decide if they're going to listen too. This series has been all about clarity, power, and follow through. Entire EntireTask can help you get clear with its vision board. It gives you the power to do what's most important with our algorithms and to chunk things down so it's easy to follow through. Check it out at entiretask.com.